Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mission 300 podcast. It has been a while, but don't worry. We're back with a new episode for you. Tonight, uh, we've got a bit of a, a lineup change here. Brian and Caleb are both out with some extracurricular activities that are extremely important, obviously. And so Tommy and I are going to be running this episode. And we've actually been talking for like almost half an hour beforehand, Tommy and I, and had some really interesting discussions. So we just got to hit record and see where things where things go here. But so now we're going to be talking about the humanity of Jesus, vaccinations, and trick questions. And this whole topic kind of started when, when we were looking at things that are going on in the world around us and things we've been studying in the Bible. And the first question that kind of, that kind of sparked this was in, in 2 Timothy 2, uh, in like the first handful of verses, like 1 through 6 or 1 through 7, you see... Um, a few people laid out. You see an athlete, a soldier, and a farmer laid out as examples. And we were looking at the soldier, and especially in verse four of Second Timothy chapter two, where it says, "No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier." And so there was two interesting things there. One, we are engaged in warfare, so there is a battle, there is a war that we are actively fighting as soldiers not passively. The, I mean, in a sense, we always talk about how the battle has been won. Yes, when it comes to salvation and all that. But in this context of we are soldiers in the kingdom wanting to please he who enlisted us, there is a war that we are fighting in. However, we're not to entangle ourselves with the affairs of this life. And so how do you actually tell the difference between something that comes up and you ask, is this part of the battle that I'm supposed to be engaged in as, as my spiritual warfare, or is this a distraction from the world trying to entangle me in the affairs of this life? Like, how do you actually tell the difference between those things? So Tommy, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I just think it's interesting how many different things, I guess, try to distract us in our life. Right. And I think it's, it's hard, I guess, for me to really determine, um, what's a distraction and what's something I should actually fight against. You know what I mean? Like when we're talking like vaccine stuff, like, is that really just a distraction in my life or is that something I should take a stand with or against, or just be complete completely neutral on? I mean, I don't know where exactly I stand on at, at the, at this moment, but it's like, it's, it's somewhere in there is like the truth. And I think, finding that truth will help you determine like where, where your battle really is at. And I also think that like, depending on the person, people are fighting different things. And so I think entangling yourself in the world is basically having to fight against things that you're not really supposed to fight against or stuff that you purposely let yourself fall into. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it depends on what, you're fighting for like you said so what's the truth what's the battle what's the actual goal of all of this and so if you don't know your identity if you don't have like that kind of starting point then you're really just going to be thrown about by whatever the world throws at you to distract you because there's plenty of that like if you don't have a path that's set if you don't have a focus have a goal and know what you're going after then the world is very good at distracting you with things that seem so important at the time. Like look at any issue that's come up over the last 10 years that was around for a week and a half. 
And then no one talked about it again for a month and a half. And no one talked about it. in the moment. It seemed like, man, this is the most important thing ever. And so we get bombarded with this. This is so important. You need to be online posting about it. You need to be sharing these articles about it. And then a couple months later, you, if you look back, honestly, you're like, man, that was just a big giant waste of time. And I got into some arguments with people over it and maybe altered some friendships. And now nothing's better. Like who have I influenced? Whose life have I impacted for the better because of this issue? So there's plenty of those. But then at the same time, if we look at everything as that, we become passive and we don't stand for anything. So that when something real does come along that we need to stand against and stand strongly against, we don't because we've become too passive. And so it's weird to find that balance, but I think a good starting point is, does this line up with my, my purpose and my goal? Like, is this something that's furthering the call of God on my life? Or is this something that's just kind of like playing on my emotions as a human being to want to engage in arguments and want to be on the right side and want to prove other people wrong? It can be a tricky thing to figure out at times. Right. I would also add to that point too, is like, you're kind of touching on a little bit is like, is it really effective? Like, is what you're arguing or fighting for or whatever you're doing in that moment, is it, is it going to really be effective in the long run? Or are you really just trying to uh, boost your ego or like prove yourself to be right? And even at the expense of the other person, right? Like if you're talking with someone else, you can't just steamroll them with all your information on why you're right, because that's still not going to change their mind to really like, change someone's mind you have to come at it from their point of view and you have to understand with them and you have to walk with them it's not just a boom sucker punch like here's my point of view believe it you know and I think that's it's a it's a problem of today but it's also it's a good thing that we like for example social media it's such a great tool when you use it effectively and it can be a terrible terrible thing when you use it the wrong way it can be a great way to keep up to date with people and stay connected with the friends that you might have not connected with, but it's also a place where you can create so much like disunity and disharmony amongst. Well, and you can just waste a ton of time on it. Like you have an iPhone, right? Right. Yeah. Have you, did you, when it's, when it came out the whole, like uh shoot, what do they call it? Like it just shows you, you, you the time you spent, the screen time that you spent mm -hmm. in each app over the days and over the weeks. Did you ever look at that when it first came out and just feel like, holy crap, I did not realize I was spending that much time on this app. Yeah. I, I didn't because I was, I was already perfect, you know? <laughs> I, so I've never dealt with that issue, but I know other people that have, you know, faced that, but it was, that's actually such a nice tool that I've, that I used because it puts in perspective, dude, you've been on this app for hours so far this week. And you just think, all right, do I, do I really want to be doing that? Because then you realize, I don't really think I got any value out of the five hours I spent on Facebook so far this week. And it's only Monday afternoon. Like, I don't feel like I've been empowered by that very much. So maybe I need to look at changing something. But uh, something I wanted to get to here, because this is going to be a bit of a shorter episode for everybody listening so far. Um, we were talking about the humanity of Jesus beforehand. And this is something that I think we really miss from his example. He had a way of seeing through all the distractions, the affairs of this life, and focusing on the warfare that he was engaged in. And it, it comes up so many times in his ministry 
two of them we talked about where when the Pharisees come with a trick question on should we pay taxes to Caesar or not? And then another one was the woman caught in adultery who was brought before him. And they say, hey, the law says we should stone her to death. What do you say? In both of those instances, he, he, he gets past that surface issue of the distraction. Well, Jesus, are you pro-tax or anti-tax? Are you pro-death penalty or anti-death penalty? Because either way you answer those, you're going to make enemies over here or you're going to make enemies over here. And the way he responds is so brilliant and so cool, but also so human that he gets past that surface issue and hits something deeper. So with, with the tax question, it's, well, is this Caesar's coin? Like, this is my translation. You can look it up in the real Bible. But he says, is, let, me, let me see a coin. Whose who's is it? Like, whose picture's on it? So is it Caesar's? Okay, well, if it's his and he wants it, then you should give it to him. And if something is God's and God wants it, give it to him. And so he answers the question. He doesn't passively just skate around it. And he doesn't just do this, click appear offline thing or log out. He actually responds, but the way he responds, it cuts past the surface issue, past the pro or anti, and gets to the heart of what's, what's going on in people. And his response answers the things in the surface as well. With the woman caught in adultery, it's, hey, should we kill her or not? And in that instance, he kind of just ignores him a bit. He just starts writing on the ground. And then eventually, we, most of you listening probably know the story. He says, you who without, uh, who's without sin, cast the first stone. Like, go ahead, cast the first stone. And that bypasses the surface issue and gets to the heart. Why? Because he understood that he's engaged in warfare. He's got this mission and a goal, and it's to reach the hearts of people, to reveal the heart of the Father. And the heart of the Father doesn't get caught up on the surface issues. He gets to something deeper that can impact the surface things. Because you'll notice the woman caught in adultery, she lived. And so she actually did not get stoned to death. So technically, that's an answer. But the way he did it was, was just so brilliant. It got past the trick and it got to the, the human heart of people. And I think that's something that we overlook or we just kind of write off as, well, that's Jesus being Jesus because he's got these spiritual cheat codes up here. But no, he's, he's actually demonstrating for us how we can walk through these issues too. It's incredible to me. And you were saying that you've, you've been watching the, the Chosen series and seeing his humanity come out in that too. Yeah, well, I'll just second on what you were talking about too, is just like when we, when we think of like the soldier, going back to earlier, like the soldier example, we think when like questions come up with like come up like that, even in today's context, so often we get up our shield and we get ready to fight back and really go at it. But Jesus doesn't really seem to do that. Like he doesn't really, you know, question them back or like really tear them to shreds. He just asks a simple question or does a simple demonstration to show the truth. And I think that's something that I guess I'm learning too is kind of like, okay, when someone asks you like a loaded question, it's a loaded question to get you to respond a certain way, to get you to act a certain way, when really your answer should just speak the truth of what God is inside of you, right? And so that's been really interesting to me. Right. And the thing he does with that, which is, I'm glad you pointed that out, because in those contexts, his like simple, calm, but firm response gets to the heart of people. But we also do see him in the synagogues debating with people. 
And so there's like a time and a place for it. And what works in one place is not what you should necessarily do in the other place. I think the problem for a lot of people is they're so used to Facebook debating that when they actually get face-to-face -face with a person, they kind of snap back into that mode. And then they end up not influencing anyone's heart because they're just arguing and debating. And that's not how you went over someone's heart in a moment. Right. And yeah, I guess to kind of go back to the humanness of Jesus, um, I've been watching The Chosen, which is a TV series about Jesus's life. And I just think it really, really, really depicts um, Jesus's humanity really comes out and just like He's a normal guy. He grew up with parents. He grew up in the synagogue, you know, studying scriptures, all that kind of stuff. He learned a craft, you know, he is a carpenter. He learned all that stuff and he was, he was human, but yet he really went after the hearts of the people to change and influence them. And I think that's something that's really apparent in that show is just seeing like how it's, it shows me how you can live as a Christian and still be in your human humanness right like I'm still a human I have to I'm gonna have a job I'm gonna have to walk through life I'm gonna have to do all this but that doesn't mean that's necessarily like my calling is to just work the rest of my life for some company and even with that like it shows a part in the series where um he's just going around and he's living and he's living in a tent and he's doing his craft, but yet there's people that come up to him and approach him and he talks to them and he invites them in and he, you know, he's does all the stuff and there's kids that come up and approach him and they're like, Ooh, is he like a bad guy? Like he lives in the woods alone. Is he a good guy? Like he seems really nice and they keep coming back and it's because he's speaking to the heart of people. And I think that's like really important too, is like when you start speaking to the hearts of people, people will hear you and they'll understand you and they'll, they'll be like, hmm, like he, you, you got at something there. It wasn't just, you made a point and, you know, cause everyone can make points, but that doesn't mean it's going to change my thoughts, your thoughts, anyone's thoughts, because points are irrelevant if you haven't captured my heart. And I think that's something that that show really shows is like the there's a one part where um it's the paralytic man that they're lowering down through the roof and Jesus is just teaching in his house and it really shows how it just kind of started like he started teaching with three or four people and then more and more people started to hear him preach and then they saw oh that's the guy that did a miracle like we need to bring our friend over here and they go and get their friend and they drop him through the roof and everyone else is like what is going on like but Jesus can see the hearts of these people and what they really want. It's not that they're trying to be disrespectful by breaking into this house and doing all this stuff. And he speaks to the man and says, like, son, your sins are forgiven, blah, 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 blah. And then the Pharisees are like, they see him and they're like, what? How can you say that? And like, to me, it was like so interesting how like we can get caught up so much in our political identities or our religious identities or our identities outside of God that we miss like the miraculous right in front of us. And that like, we miss an opportunity to share the gospel with someone because we're so focused on our identities as an American or as so-and-so at XYZ corporation. But no, like if you really 
have your identity set as a son of God, like that should come first. And for me, that was really interesting seeing like the Pharisees and how they reacted to that, that they just completely missed like the miracle. And I don't know, that's just, it's so interesting. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe the problem for a lot of people today that we see is that because they don't have a secure identity, then they feel insecure about all these things that come up because all these things come up to sort of test your identity. Like it's the same thing that we've talked about in previous episodes with Jesus and the temptations in the wilderness. They all came against his identity. And for people that are not secure in theirs, going back to that soldier who's engaged in warfare, he's secure in his identity. He knows who he is. He knows what he is. And so things that come up like, oh, if you were a good soldier, then you would come to our city and vote to pave this street this way or vote to pave it this way or you'd vote on this issue if you were a good soldier. He doesn't need to feel swayed by that because those are the affairs of the world and he's on a mission as a soldier. Now, that doesn't mean the soldier in our example doesn't have an opinion and doesn't vote and doesn't voice it. But what it does mean is that the distractions or the, the affairs of the life do not become entangled with the identity. And we see that so much in our world. And actually, we've been in that, that book, Live Not By Lies, it talks about this quite a bit, where people's identity has become so fluid and so based on whatever group they align themselves with that without their groups, without their you know public statements of I'm pro this or I'm anti this, and they really wouldn't have an identity at all. If you took those things away, then what do you have? But with Jesus, you could take all the circumstances around him away. It didn't matter. He was the son of God. He was the Messiah. He was here to take away the sins of the world, and nothing was going to distract or get in the way of that. That was his mission. So when the issues came up of people uh, paying taxes, healing on the Sabbath, all these things, he went with his mission, and he ended up influencing the heart. And so I kind of think about that in the context of, well, what happens when we as Christians and leaders in our world start to get these questions, and you're going to see these questions pop up if you haven't already, would Jesus get vaccinated? Like if you haven't, I don't know if that's been a question that's come up already, but I remember seeing, would Jesus wear a mask when, when that was a big thing and still today, and then people forming sides on that issue. Well, would Jesus wear a mask? Would he not wear a mask? Would Jesus get vaccinated? Would he not get vaccinated? And, and we could, we could kind of have fun discussing that, but I don't know that we're asking the right question because on one hand, some people are asking that so they can just pawn off the decision and say, well, Jesus would have done this. So that means I get to tell people to do this. But what if we take a little personal responsibility here and think through these things for ourselves? So to everyone out there, as a son or a daughter of God, how are you going to respond when the world does throw things at you? So if, if your government says you have to have a COVID vaccine in order to fly or go to an entertainment event or go to the grocery store or go to any organized gathering with a crowd at all, what's your response going to be? If you're a pastor or a leader of a church or a CEO of a company, are you going to enforce any mandate from the government when it comes to all the new things that have been rolling out? What's your position going to be and why? And I don't know that we really think through those things. So we just end up responding to the pressures on the affairs of the life when the world brings them to us. So 
I'm kind of wondering from your perspective too, Tommy, when it comes to people in your circle, do, do people really think through things beforehand? Like, do people think through difficult scenarios, decide where they stand, draw a line and say, I'm not crossing this line. And then do they see that happen in their lives? That's, that's a really, really, really good question. And honestly, I don't want to make like blanket statements over everyone I know or sure. people I don't know. No, I want names I would... of people. <laughs> but I would say that I talk to a lot of my friends about some of these issues. So it's like from my little circle, it can seem like, yeah, like all my friends like think through all these important topics and they don't just act on a whim. But I would, I would also say that there's quite a lot of young people in my generation that don't care about some of these topics and they just they just do whatever the government tells them or they do whatever the authority tells them and never really think through like what does it mean as like a son or daughter of Christ what does this mean with like this certain issue whereas like some people are just like whatever like if I want to travel like I have to do this or if I want to work at this place I have to do this like just have to like I don't really get a choice but I would say like it's been interesting to me to see it how there's I have friends of mine who believe the same things right believe Jesus died rose you know covers our sins but yet we we fall on different sides of the coins on these issues and to me that's really interesting because it could be so easy for me to be like you believe in this this and this and this and then why why here do you do this but that's not up for me to say that you know if they've thought this through they've prayed through it they've they read the bible that you know that so but they came to a different conclusion which is in my opinion that's just fine that's okay i think that i don't necessarily think that on these outside of the important mission issues they're not they're not as important as like those does that make sense like when jesus came he had a mission and i think we have that same mission too is you know to heal the brokenhearted to help the poor to be the father to the fatherless to help the widows and the orphans and do all that stuff he had that mission he had that focus and like one example from the show and from the bible is like jesus comes across a leopard and you can see all the disciples go oh no like get away get away you know like oh he's a leper like we're going to be unclean if we touch him. And Jesus just walks up to him and just touches him. And that's it. And it just says, be clean. And he, cause, cause, cause he can see how broken and hurting that leper is. It's not the disease. It's not that it's not anything of like that, but it's the heart. It's really the heart of that person who has been rejected, who hasn't been able to be with his family, hasn't been able to be with his community, but he speaks to the heart. And I think the same thing is like, that's that's what my focus has been trying to be is what is the heart of this person and how do they come to that view and if their heart is in that right place if they're following jesus like no other if they're reading the bible like no other i think it's okay to have different views but i don't think it's okay if you haven't thought it through if you haven't asked god if you haven't come to god if you haven't prayed if you haven't done your best to come to like a conclusion that's where i'm like ah, i don't know if you can really hold that view if you haven't thought it through like that 
Well, and the other, the other thing to that is having a different opinion than something or than someone on a particular issue is different than entangling yourself with that issue. So does your being pro or anti something, is that so deep to your identity that you can't accept anything else? Now we're, we're talking about the issues that we face day to day here. We're not talking about salvation issues specifically, but I mean, it, it could apply as well. But the point is, are we tying ourselves so much to our belief and our stance on issues? Like, well, everyone should wear a mask or everyone should not wear a mask. And if I'm a pro-masker, then I look down on the anti-maskers. And if I'm an anti-masker, I look down on the pro-maskers. Are we tying ourselves so much to that that we can't leave it to follow Jesus? Like in that, with the disciples example, and we're just, we're kind of expanding the, that event to a metaphor here, but what if they were so afraid of leprosy that when they saw Jesus go towards the leper and heal and they said, I can't follow this guy. He's just, he's too reckless. He's doing this. That's, that's reality for some people. There was a lot of things that Jesus said and, and preached while he was on the earth that people turned away after he said it. His teachings were too difficult for them to accept and whatever it is. So is there anything in our lives that we can't give up to follow Jesus? If there is, then that thing is an affair of this life that you're being entangled with because there really should be nothing that holds us so strongly that we can't let it go for, for the calling of Christ and to, to remember that we're a soldier engaged in warfare. And I really do see so often all, all the things that come up get so distracting for people and start drawing all these lines and people taking so many sides. And there is, there is right and wrong, by the way. Like there's, there's stupid people on every side of an issue. There's smart people on a lot of sides of an issue and there is right and wrong. And in a lot of cases, we need to stand up for what is right and is wrong. But here's, but here's something else I want to see. I want us to look at in scripture here, because it's not as if we're just left to figure out all these things on our own, as if every answer is the right answer. It's, that's not the kind of world we live in either. In 2 Timothy 2.7, at the end of that whole passage where he's talking about the soldier, the farmer, the athlete, he says, consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding or insight in everything. And then in John 16, Jesus says, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And this is the coolest thing. And he will tell you things to come. And so that's not meant to be like, hey, the Holy Spirit's some kind of cool party trick where you can like predict the future and tell someone their age and their height and their weight and all that. It's not what it's talking about. It's He's saying that the Spirit is designed to be your guide in every aspect of life. It's not just a church thing. And then politically, we might have some differences. If politically you're leaving the Spirit of God out, then I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, you're wrong. Like that needs to be our basis. And, and from the spirit, from that guidance, we need to be okay with letting go of things we held on to before and accepting the understanding, the insight of the spirit and the word from our father over that, that lines up with our identity. Yeah, I think that is, that's really true. Like when I think of stuff, like would I be willing to give that up and follow Christ? Stuff gets a lot more like intense on like following Christ, right? Like 
Would you give up your job to follow Christ? Would you give up being a student and following Christ? And like, for me, it gets really, really, really hard, right? You think of like Matthew, who's a tax collector, who's been rejected because he's collecting taxes for the Romans when he's a Jew and all that. And he's living this lavish lifestyle, but he has no friends. His family rejected him, but yet he gives up the money because he sees something in Jesus that he can follow. And he sees Jesus speak to the heart and he can follow that. And for me, I ask myself the same question. Would I be willing to give it all up to follow Christ and learn more about him? And stuff gets a lot more like, okay, yeah, I guess I don't really need that in life, right? I don't need a lot of these comforts that I have. I don't need a lot of whatever. I don't, I don't need as much. Do you know what I mean? And to me, it's just like, that's such a good reminder is like, well, like, are you letting that stuff define who you are? Are you letting that stuff like define the friends you hang out with? Are you letting that stuff define, for example, like are those shoes like making you look cool and like that becomes like who you are. Now you have to wear all the latest and cool stuff or, you just wear normal clothes and just be a normal guy and follow Jesus like that. Like, do you need to stand out in order to feel fulfilled or are you fulfilled in Christ? Well, I, I, I want to walk that a step further too. So let's say, and again, everyone try to try to see beyond like, well, are they trying to say this side's right or wrong? Try to see the principle here. So let's say that you understood and the spirit was telling you that it was not right for you to get a COVID vaccine for whatever reason, let's, let's say there was a, a spiritual and a moral issue against it that, that you understood was from God over your life. Let's say that was the case. Would you give up flying on airplanes? If you had to have the vaccine, would you give up shopping at big grocery stores for that? Or would we find some way in the back of our minds to justify it? Well, you know, I really need to get around and operate and I can't really effectively operate in the world unless I do this thing. So it's probably fine if I just kind of let that go. How strongly do we actually hold to our convictions? And what are we actually willing to give up if it came to that? Now, I'm not saying that the world's coming to an end and in a year and a half, we're all going to be living in caves with sticks and bows and arrows again. I'm not saying that, you know, everything's doom and gloom, but there is a lot to be said for the strength that someone finds when they draw a line and they feel confident in their identity that they don't have to bend it and don't have to cross it. That's, that's what a soldier does. That's what a son or a daughter of God does. They understand lines. They understand their mission, and their goal, and the world cannot persuade them otherwise with all the enticing things it has to offer. And not, not to downplay how enticing the things are, by the way, like my wife and I were talking about this. What if we actually, just as a, a fun mental exercise, we were talking about this. What if we had to move outside of the U.S.? Like, where would we go? What if we had to like figure out life in a different country? What if we had to give up cell phones for a while? Or what if we, you know, all these different things. And it's like, it can be very anxiety inducing for some people. But I got to be honest, guys, that the relationship I've built with God as my father over the years, it, there's, there's a depth to it now that wasn't always there. 
and I wouldn't enjoy seeing the world fall apart and losing all these conveniences of life, but I'd be all right without them too. None of those hold on to my identity whatsoever. I'd also say when, when you live those things out, you become an example for others, like truly. An example um, from my life, just over the last couple of months, I have a roommate who doesn't support Amazon for whatever reason. He just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't like what they do. So he never buys books, even though he can get them in two days. He doesn't buy anything, you know, just because he can get it in super quick, right? And for super cheap. Instead, he'll go to like Barnes and Noble or go to another bookstore and get the book he needs often <laughs> way over the Amazon price. <laughs> and for me, it's just like, I was just dumbfounded by the fact that a college student would make a decision like that not based on the money, right? Because when I think of, I'm like, Amazon, like that's, I, use, I, buy, I buy all my books from there because it's the cheapest, I can get it really quick. But that's sometimes like, we just don't think about that in like a modern context. We don't think about these things. And I guess he's really shown me, we should start to think about these things because what does it really mean? You know, like, do we just blindly follow and go after whatever, you know, the new thing is? And I guess for me, it's been a really eye-opener. And I would say with that point of like, do you hold true to your convictions or what you believe to be true or what you've heard from is true from God? And when you really live those out, other people watch, other people see, and that can help other people believe. And I don't think we should downplay that because people often think like, the only way to really show Christianity is to you know, go out on the streets and preach and talk to people, but sometimes just living it out in silence and not blasting it, not putting it out there, but seeing someone who really lives by it is really, really convicting. And it really, it lets people see the truth, you know? And I think that's something that we're also missing in America in general. Yeah, the world is desperate for for strong men and women to to finally stand up and and demonstrate what it's like to not be moved by political pressure, worldly enticements, all of the cliche things that no one thinks they're persuaded by, but yet everyone seems to fall for. But we're going to wrap it up for this episode, guys. We appreciate you listening in. Um, Tommy, it's been a pleasure, just you and I. We're going to have to start our own sub podcast and just kick Brian and Caleb out. Maybe we'll cut that part out or maybe we'll leave it in. But to everybody listening, we appreciate you guys. Until next time, keep the faith and stay in the fight.